Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat, New York in a, in a very rainy New York City at this time. Uh, it's me, Peter Rosenberg, at Rosenberg Radio. I sometimes respond to tweets, though not often. Let's be honest. It's all about the email address for the mailbag, which hopefully we have time for today, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. And... Um, from the mean streets, and I'm guessing also rainy today streets of Philadelphia, the physically large Tony Statless, Stat Guy Greg. Oh yeah, back in Wednesday the building. Was in full effect. And I today could be a, today's a weird show because I'm being told that at the end of the show we're going to have an interview with. Uh, Triple. Are you going to say the name or are you going to keep it a surprise? Oh, no, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him right now. I'm being told that we will have Triple H and Tyson Fury on the show. <laughs> That's what I'm being told as they um, prepare for Crown Jewel. That's what it is, right? That is – no. Yeah, it is Crown Jewel. It is. I have one request. Okay. If, if Tyson Fury is, in fact, bold enough – to to step into the cheap heat arena. Scary. It's a scary place. It is. If 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 he seems like a fearless kind of guy, so if he's bold enough to come into this arena, can you please, please, please ask him about uh, Tommy Fury on Love Island? I need to know what's up. What's going on with that? Oh, his brother's on Love Island. His bro- his brother was on Love Island. Made it pretty deep. Um, I don't think they won, but I, you know, I just want to check in with him, see how, see how Tommy's doing. All right. I, I, I will. He's been doing all these interviews lately and nobody's checked in on Tommy. 
All right, I will deliver this message 100%. Um, it sounds important. And we'll see whether or not I am, I, how, how, how real I feel like keeping it in the shoot arrow. And do I, t- and do I tell <laughs> Triple H exactly what I thought of the WWE product over the last week? Because, uh, it was not, and I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how much Greg and I disagree. Um, but I have, uh, I have some strong feelings. If if we disagree at all, see you saying that already frames the people, the way the people are going to think about what I have to say. You're curious to see how much. I don't think, I don't think we'll disagree. I don't think we'll disagree on WWE, but I think we could disagree on AW, but I don't know that either. Um, just now in, in Jew world order, it seemed like I was getting some negative feedback, actually not from you. Um, but from Zach and Goldstein and Dipperstein and I were just having a separate conversation, uh, earlier tonight about our enjoyment of AEW the last couple of weeks. So l- before we jump into that, cause I, listen, a lot of people, I tweeted about this. I've run into people on the street about it. Literally people have become up to me. I have not seen such a strong negative reaction to WWE stuff. In a very long time. And I think we really need to get into why that is. So we will do that. But SGG, is there anything outside the ring to hit first? Eric Bischoff is out. It feels like only yesterday we were, you know, talking about him taking over as creative director of SmackDown and what that might mean. How do I say goodbye? goodbye. To what, to what we had. It was such good times, man. It was. It felt like it was so quick. I think I said this in the group chat, too. It's like, did he even have time to mess up? I don't know what could have happened in between preparing for the transition to Fox and Friday <laughs> or the week before. Or, or, or. Is it that he didn't have a say at all and he felt the way about the SmackDown last week that I felt and that's why he's out. So yeah, we'll get to that in a second, but who knows? I don't know. We have no idea. He might have been fighting tooth and nail against what's been going on and that could be the problem. So who knows? But yes, out I mean, and replaced by yeah, Bruce Pritchard. Yes, and it's like we said in June, too. If Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman were just putting these roles to be rubber stamps, and yes, man, it wasn't going to work. So open the floodgates to the speculation. It could be that that's what he was being asked to do, and then he will do it no more. But yeah, Bruce Pritchard's in, which I think, I mean, it's definitely a loss for WWE, right? Let's be honest, because before that, they had Heyman. They had Pritchard and they had Bischoff. So now just being left with with uh, Heyman and Pritchard, there's no knock on, on Bruce, but losing Bischoff is a loss that they're gonna feel. Well and I and I love Bruce. You know, like I, I, I know Bruce. I don't even I don't know Bischoff. Um but I'll say this about Bruce, I and I think Bruce would probably admit this about Bruce. I mean I think Bruce is more likely to fall in line with things than Eric Bischoff is. 
I think he's more of a traditional company man than Eric Bischoff is. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I mean, even like listening to the pot, his podcast, you sometimes hear Bruce defend even the indefensible in, in ways oh, yes. that make you want to scratch your head. And like oh, I think yes. about Booker T and Triple H and the clear racial angle to it or like the racial overtones or undertones to it. And then hearing Bruce explain it away as, oh yeah, you know, sure, Booker T, when he said you're not, you're not one of us or you're not like us or like a guy like you can't be champion, he meant WCW guys. And it's like, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, <laughs> although flip side to that, <laughs> although, although flip side to that coin, and you know, I love, I love Booker T, but, um, I saw a clip today of Booker on his radio show defending the Kofi squash. Listen, so, I'm not saying that Booker T. I'm not saying that Booker no, T. No, no, I know. Unrelated, unrelated, guy, but unrelated. Yeah. Just ironic, given the the, the conversation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, not, and yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I remember him talking about Booker and Triple H, but he's not a Bruce has defended everything. I mean, that is he's defended a lot. Um so then that's fine. I get it. I respect a company guy, but I do think that's what he is and obviously Bischoff is only is limited in I mean considering he's literally from another company. Um you know, it's just a different thing. Um so yeah, yeah it happened quickly. Somewhat of a surprise, can't say it's shocking. Whenever you see a big name moving around at WWE and creative, never shocking. Shocking is way too far to go. Uh, anything else? The, the swiftness with which it happened, though. Yeah, no, no, that's true. It was shock. how quick it happened is the shock. Yeah, and I, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get the story soon. We, by the time we're on next week, I bet we have some of the story. And that was it. That was the biggest. That was the one that I felt like we had to touch on. All right, well, outside the ring. Then we might as well get Morris ready. Welcome to the shoot arrow, baby. Um, because the shoot arrow is needed. Greg, the WWE draft of the last week was one of the most putrid, pathetic, awful pieces of wrestling television that I have seen from this company in all my years as a fan. I... I was nauseated by SmackDown last week. Like I, I was cringing. It was one of those things where you wouldn't want to have it on if someone was around you who wasn't a wrestling fan. Cause they'd be like, what yeah. the hell is this? It was insulting to our intelligence. It was a half-assed attempt to try to do something that seems like real sport. And turned out to just fall flat on its face. It was, it was ineffective from a, from a draft standpoint, like just in terms of a work, like it, it didn't make sense. You're, you're announcing draft picks that were already on the show they were drafted to. Like, I'm not saying that's impossible. You could say you were starting from scratch and it's just a draft pool. All of those things have to be explained and laid out though. Otherwise, it just seems insane that SmackDown with their pick announces that they're just keeping someone. I, I get it. They want to keep that person. Right. It makes sense, but it just, it doesn't match up with the way drafts have ever been done on this show. So number one, it just wasn't congruent 
with the way any drafts have been done. And granted, I've been complaining about these drafts and shakeups for years. So let me start there. I hated the shakeup when they started doing that. You know, you're on Raw, and all of a sudden a SmackDown superstar comes out and has a match. That means they're drafted to Raw. I hated that too. So let me be clear. I like the idea of we're going to make it more of a draft. So they did, they took these tropes of a draft and they used them in the most half-assed way that looked so illegitimate. Like you want to trot out Stephanie as the, the draft master, as the commissioner in the NBA or NFL draft, whatever it may be. Okay, I like the idea of the podium up there looking sort of like a draft podium. That could work. But then she just comes out and lists off picks back to back to back to back. It it didn't make and, and any sense. There was no drama. That's what I didn't like. That's what I didn't like. I mean, when they announced it and they talked about the way it would be and the different draft pools and, you know, it was like, okay, on paper – this looks like it could be really cool. And then when it came down to the execution, even like the war rooms all looked like it could be something special. And then the execution, it missed the mark by a lot. And, and especially I think about the war rooms, I mean, right? No, like, let me just say this about the war rooms, Greg. I'm sorry. I will let you get it off, but I've been holding this in for a week. The war rooms is what people are screaming about. Like on the, I, I ran into people at the Yankees game who were coming up to me and complaining about the war room. You're, you're going to do a war room to try to give you a bit of realism, yet you have the bleeping fox robot in there? I, I, I don't know what your complaint's going to be. Maybe you'll have something else. To me, the unforgivable parts of the quote-unquote war room was the robot, the stupid – I don't even know that they had a real robot. I thought it was just a cartoon that they've been running on Fox Football for 20 years. A robot. Oh no, apparently they have a robot. The robot is in the war room and then also the confetti and the screaming. Guys, why would people be celebrating picks like that? All these no-name people, these quote Fox executives, it's so stupid. If you wanted to do Mm -hmm. it like this, have a GM for each show. And when they're sitting in the room, they could sit with wrestling agents that make sense. Like you could believe that if you saw Paul Heyman sitting in a room with Fit Finley and Dean Malenko and, you know, people who make sense to be there, like Uh that could work. That could have worked. But instead, you fill it with actors, bad BS people. No, no, actors. They probably weren't actors. Probably random people who were just around and fill them in a room and have them throw confetti. It was insulting and it was stupid. Stupid and embarrassing. I I could not and believe that's what they two weeks into their second week of SmackDown. That's what they want to do. Yeah, and I mean, let's add that they didn't change their clothes. So there's these actors are in the same clothes on Monday's episode and Friday's episode. Oh my god! I didn't even know. so they just took a bunch of the shots of them room, doing stuff, right? The war room didn't have. Like, the drama that they wanted to get out of them celebrating and throwing up confetti. Like, there wasn't a draft board in any of these war rooms. They weren't moving picks off the board. They didn't – even if they did something so simple as just go to the war room and have somebody in the war room make the pick instead of Stephanie standing at the podium listing names. 
it would have been oh my it god of more dramatic. Course, it it just it it doesn't make sense to be celebrating these picks, some of which are were not a coup. Like there there are people, and and I don't know if do you have the draft. While I'm complaining, could you pull up the draft order? Do you have that somewhere? Well, that's the other thing too. I mean, the order was completely nonsensical. Not only was the order nonsensical, but WWE inadvertently spoiled their own draft. Right? They uh. They posted the draft pool list on WWE.com. Okay. And then it turned out that the draft was happening in the exact order of the list that was posted online. The first two rounds went exactly as WWE posted it. And so if you were paying attention, you saw exactly who was drafted in the first round. And you knew exactly who was going to be drafted uh, in the next round. And, and by the way, I, I'm, I have smacked, um, I have NXT on in front of me right now. Sorry, I want to apologize to those of you who are upset that I've only made it to SmackDown, Raw, AEW, NWA Power, and a little bit of NXT. But I'm looking at. Ab- Can we talk about NWA Power a little bit? I haven't watched it, but oh, I've of been meaning to, and I'm hearing. Oh, sure, we will. I'm hearing rave reviews. Sure, of course, we will. Um, but I'm looking at Adam Cole on my TV. Adam Cole didn't get drafted. Yeah, it seems that the NXT superstars were not a part of this draft. So they were not eligible for the draft. So, right. Okay, I'll try to understand that. Um, in a in a kayfabe way, I'll try to understand how they're not eligible. But okay, oh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> right. So right. So, so I have the draft order from SmackDown. Um, I did. I did like that SmackDown and Raw had different draft pools. So I know that some people were wondering, you know, how come Seth Rollins didn't get picked or, or Brock Lesnar or something like that, and it's because they weren't in the draft pool for. It, it would be uh, nice. Smackdown. It would be. It would be nice if those things made sense, though. Like, why? How did you end up in one pool or the other? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, all right. So, what, what's the SmackDown order? So the first round. Yeah, Becky Lynch, number one overall for Raw. Uh, Followed Smack, by... Wait, for, for, for SmackDown? No, Raw drafted Becky Lynch. Becky went to Raw. Number one... This over- was on SmackDown's draft. Got it. Number one overall for Raw was Becky. That Okay, that's that's somewhat logical. Okay. But, I mean, it goes back to what you said, right? They already had her. So this is a, sort of an ego-stroking thing. Well, yeah. If, if you have the Raw Women's Championship, there's no conceivable a, way that you should be able to go drafted into SmackDown. It's a great point. Raw had you. It's a great point. And, and also it makes it – what a disappointing way. To, you're able to craft this draft however you want. So what a disappointing way to start the whole thing. Like – at least set they it have up. Have the show draft their champion. At least, at least set it up so if you're going to do that, what was SmackDown's first pick? Roman Reigns. Okay, Roman was on SmackDown too. Yeah, he represented SmackDown in the, in match, the match. So against Seth Rollins to decide who will get the first pick. Right, fun match by the way. Um, okay, what what was after Becky for Raw? The OC. Really. That that's what yes. they AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson drafted third overall. Okay, 
I mean, and again, AJ Styles is the U.S. champion. Raw is the secondary title. I mean, U.S. championship is the secondary title for Raw. So, with the, with Raw's first two picks, they said, "Hey, let's keep our champions on the show." All right, and by the way, they're they're a higher pick. The OC is a higher pick than the New Day. The New Days is the New Day wasn't in that draft pool. Oh, the New Day it. was in of Monday's course. draft pool. They were not. They didn't get drafted till Monday. Got it. Okay. Um, now, uh, granted, the New Day still got drafted fourth on Monday, while the OC got drafted third. So your point still holds, but it's just that they weren't in the same draft pool. Okay, and and, and the more and we then, uh, the more we say draft pool, by the way, the more stupid I think it is. <laughs> like, I, I guess it's, <laughs> I guess it's just protecting people so you can have multiple people and say they didn't, you know, that they didn't go low in the draft. Like it, prote- right. it protects. Cause, I people. because Becky and Seth can both say they went number one in the draft, and I guess you know they can fight about who would have gone number one overall if they were in the same draft pool. Or what have you, but like you said, it's just, it feels sort of like an ego stroking thing, but also, well, now it feels that way, even though it really was just a way for them to stretch it over the two nights, which, like I said, on paper, sounded cool, made sense, and execution is just like, why? Um, and even though, like, I, I, I like, the idea of oh let's make this all about Fox versus USA because I would normally like that because it's tapping into some realism um but in the end the whole Fox versus USA thing was stupid because we don't care who does better between Fox or USA we don't even care who does better between Smackdown or Raw we certainly don't care who does better between Fox or oh, I'm a Fox person well I'm a USA person so if you made it about a wrestling character representing those shows, you could give people some level of rooting interest. But but this had no level of rooting interest. It, it was just this half-assed way to do these war rooms with actors and robots. It was – all right, so uh, what was next for, uh, for Raw? So where did I leave off at? The OC? Yeah. SmackDown took The Fiend Bray Wyatt. All right, and then I mean Raw that, that took makes sense. Drew McIntyre to round out the first round. Yeah, well, of course you want Drew McIntyre, a guy who cannot win a singles match ever. <laughs> that is what you need. And by the way, you guys know I say this with the utmost respect to Drew because I think it's ridiculous that he's been booked that way. But again, this is where the booking doesn't add up. So you're going to draft him that high, but honestly, for what reason that we've seen? What is he doing right now? And when did he last do something meaningful? Yeah, I mean, the last time he did something meaningful was when he showed up with Dolph Ziggler, right? All right, and then Raw, what was Raw's next pick? Randy Orton. Okay, well, at least he's changing shows, and at least he's someone, you know, he's an iconic figure. I'm, I'm fine with that draft position for Randy Orton, sure. Yeah, and then SmackDown took Sasha Banks. Okay. Raw kept Ricochet. SmackDown took Braun Strowman. And then Raw held on to Bobby Lashley for the second round. I mean, what you can, and by the way, let's just be clear though. So read, read us just the SmackDown, uh, roster so far. So far, the SmackDown roster is Roman Reigns, The Fiend Bray Wyatt, 
Sasha Banks, and Braun Strowman. I mean, so basically, that's just after the first two rounds. So it's very clear. No women's division. No, no, no. But they have. Yeah, I feel like women were barely drafted in the draft period. And and but what it is what is clear though is the level of stars that they're putting on SmackDown. Braun, oh, yeah, the Fiend Bray White is a big one. Like he's, Roman, Roman, he's the hot new act. Roman Bray and Braun and Sasha's hot right now again yeah. too. It's very clear what you're getting there. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't want to spend. I, I don't want to go through the whole thing. It, it, listen, if you guys disagree, feel free to email rosenbergbeats at gmail dot com. Reach out, tell me how you feel. Maybe I'm being overly curmudgeonly, but like, you know, we, we often text on Tuesdays or Monday nights or Saturday mornings or Friday nights, whatever, at some point about the show. And everyone was pretty nauseous separately on their own <laughs> about SmackDown. Uh, here's one. Adam wrote us the kayfabe draft is repug. Sweet Pete and Snack Guy Greg, I don't live in a kayfabe-only reality like your boy Dip, but I want to believe that this draft is telling a real story. However, when we are several rounds into it with Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, The New Day, and other true top stars undrafted, while Nikki Cross, Lucha House Party, Lacey Evans, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre um, are off the board, I can't stop rolling my eyes at the absurdity. I'm not even necessarily saying any of them can't or won't ever be top draws, but if you're going to hold a draft, then at least pretend like the picks matter. Now, maybe he's forgetting, to your point, the draft pools, but still it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they they definitely held out some heat for Monday, which I mean I can understand because it wouldn't be much of a draft or even one worth watching if Monday's draft was just the best of the rest, right? So New Day, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins – um, those people got held off, and understandably so. But even still, there had to be a better way to to do this whole thing. Maybe a special on the network the Thursday before, where just everybody is taken care of, and it's just one thing. Um, but yeah, this this cannot happen again <laughs> the way that it has. On TV, that first one was pretty good because it was new and exciting, and then they just get got progressively worse. Um, yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, you know, I don't have a a ton of messages about the draft. Um, Seth wrote us um a long email about it. Um, I'll try to summarize. Seth writes with a follow up. Yeah, with a follow up. Um, two things really stuck out from the draft. The first was that Fox apparently really doesn't care about its women division. Really, how is SmackDown's women's division currently only five deep post draft? Of course, they've since then they've filled it in, but um, but I think that I think the thing that was really odd with WWE presenting this as a real draft with war rooms and everything. And then ordering picks in a way that made no sense. There are many examples, but I'll just point out that Umberto Carrillo went 
13 on the Raw draft. That's the same spot that Kevin friggin' Owens went on the SmackDown draft. Yeah. Um, he, he was drafted higher. Carrillo was drafted higher than The Miz, Samoa Joe, Corbin, The Revival, Viking Raiders, Ali, Buddy, Carmella, Rowan. And then he said apologies for the follow-up. But I forgot to mention the problem with broadcasting the WWE draft like a real draft. Everybody loved every pick. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't hear the announcers or analysts say a single pick was bad. <laughs> yeah. Even when true. someone was picked to their show they don't like, they went with various versions of I don't like them, but I can't deny it's a good pick. What makes a sports draft compelling is reaches, potential busts, and disagreements. Totally a great point. Thank you, Seth. And, yeah. yeah, I felt bad for Renee and them having to do that show and try to have any opinions about something that was so repug. Here's something positive. Carrie writes us, Good morning, Mage One and SGG. My wife, a heel Bailey Mark, and I, into the fiend until he got buried at Hell in a Cell, welcomed our son to the Cheap Heat universe on Monday, October 7th. Major swerve, he ran in two weeks early. His music hit Monday morning when wife's water broke and we were off and running. Just wanted to let y'all know I had cheap heat on in my headphones while wife napped mid-labor. Your hot takes and great analysis kept me going through a long, hard day. Now you've got another member of the Cheap Heat universe. Keep up the great work. Carrie and Anne-Marie, congratulations, guys. That is awesome. Yes, congratulations. Should we start making onesies when we start throwing out these cheap, this cheap heat merch? It's a great. Little baby onesies. That's a great point. Who knows? A new phrase could be born from today. Um, yeah. Mageness for the whole family. And and him mentioning the fiend reminds me of how disgusted I was that Seth Rollins destroyed the fun, the funhouse this week. Yeah, I what mean, are you listen. doing? What are you? I tried to defend. Hey. I tried to defend last week, Greg. I sat there and tried to fight and defend the schmas finish at Hell in a Cell, and then you have Seth destroy the funhouse. What are we? What's happening? Yeah, that was. That was also garbage because, A, how did he find it, right? He just goes on a mission and they don't show him hunting. They don't show him backstage. They don't see him, show him like sticking anybody up. But at the end of the show, he's at the door. And then B, and this is the thing that really pissed me off. I'm tired of Bray Wyatt's stuff getting burned down. Randy Orton tracked him down into the woods and then burned down uh, Sister Abigail's house, burned the rocking chair. And now the Firefly Funhouse is burned down. I know that Seth catchphrase burn it down, but this this time they took it too far and too literally. What the hell were they thinking though? Like people were so into Bray and now you're just going to I mean, listen, I think you could get away with a Schmaz finish, even though people didn't like it at Hell in a Cell. But to have Seth come punk him in the funhouse and burn it down already? Oh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It was a it w- it was a tough tough week. It was the draft was very tough and I'm going to tell you this right now. I said a couple of weeks ago and I know I was being dramatic that you could celebrate SmackDown or you could believe that SmackDown was the beginning of the end. Now I'm I'm not saying that <laughs> that is that is dramatic that is very dramatic. It is but dramatic. Also, it, I mean, after a week like last week, 
it becomes less dramatic than it was when you said it the first time. Well, that's that's the thing. So, Just like, do I believe it's the beginning of the end? No. However, if it was the beginning of the end, this might be what it looked like. <laughs> like, it was. <laughs> yeah. The timing is atrocious because. The SmackDown Fox situation. WWE has been glitzy and, and, and commercial looking and operates in its own world that's not quite like wrestling. It's like, it's like, uh, and I'm not talking about NXT. I'm talking about Raw and SmackDown. Those two shows operate in their own world of like, it's not quite wrestling. It's, it's WWE. But now there's competition and we'll, we'll get into the competition some right now. And say whatever you will about AEW. It's wrestling. It's a wrestling show. It feels like an old school wrestling show. It's got old school wrestling voices. It's got a look that reminds you of WCW in some ways. Um, and, and people are in there wrestling. They don't even have a lot of storylines yet. It's a lot of wrestling. So the contrast right now is really interesting. Because you're watching on one channel, on Fox, the glossiest WWE product we've ever seen. It is, it's it's like a cartoon. Did I mention? It is mage, though. I will say, I like, I really am enjoying the presentation. Oh no, it physically looks good, but you know, we're two weeks in, Greg. Week one was basically just bringing out one celebrity after another. And making it the most commercial show ever. And then week two had the Fakakta draft that was terrible. Unrealistic feeling and silly. So I'm just saying from a timing standpoint, when you contrast that with the last couple of weeks, I've been watching AW on TNT and now NWA Power on YouTube. And yes, I would like to give a full Rosenberg cosign. To ev- for everyone to go uh, right now and uh, go s- go search for NWA Power, two episodes in. Um, it's produced by Dave Lagana and Jim Cornette, and um, what's his face from Smashing Pumpkins? Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan, and it's on YouTube, and it's the real NWA. You know, we all remember Billy Corgan purchased the NWA. Um. It's got a lot of random people in it. James Storm, Colt Cabana, uh, a variety of Homicide, Eddie Kingston, a variety of, of, of accomplished indie wrestlers. They are shooting it old school studio format. It's sort of tongue in cheek, intentionally early eighties old school. And it's done, it's intentional, it's over the top, it's tongue in cheek, but it also doesn't break it. It really, it sits in that space. And I gotta tell you, SGG, I'm curious for your thoughts and what all you guys think. I think it's beautifully done. I, I, I love it. I really, I don't know what role it could occupy. I don't know how it will play out, but I love it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch. I mean, Mostly because I'm I'm looking forward to being wrong about my thoughts on NWA. I remember a few years ago when we heard that Billy Corgan purchased the NWA. I came on this very podcast and said 
I don't know what he was thinking, and I don't know what he paid for it, but he overpaid. He purchased the lemon, and I dogged him, and I doubted him, and I downed him, and then that was the last thing I had to say about it. And then now to hear all these years later that he quietly built up and worked towards putting out a product that is two weeks in and universally loved, because you're not the first person that I'm hearing who watched it and has this to say about it. Um, I am going to enjoy walking into this and being blown away and coming back and saying I was completely wrong about that. And and listen. I'm starting the apology tour right now. I haven't even watched a, a frame of it. I'm starting the apology tour right now because I already know. It's 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 just different. And again, it's just striking because to watch this very budget show at a time when you're watching the glossiest version of WWE we've ever seen. It's just striking. And, you know, listen, that also provides a positive thing for NXT, too. Um, you know, NXT has a chance to stick out even more than it already has. But it's also all the more reason why Triple H, and I'll ask him about this, needs to truly stick to his guns about this show and keep it what it is. Because Raw and SmackDown are very, very glossy. Um, and NXT, it's important that it keep the wrestling part of this company alive. And SGG, that brings me to AEW. And I got to tell you, I think AEW had a great two weeks. I thought week two was better than week one. I thought, um, it's, it still has flaws. It still doesn't have a ton of stories. Um, there's still, especially last week, a lot of false finishes and some of the things I always complain about, but SGG, just in terms of the feel of the show, it really feels different than what I'm getting from WWE. And I also got to say, I got to give it up to Chris Jericho, who we know is not my all time favorite, uh, person in wrestling, but, (laughs) but Chris Jericho this heel Jericho is such a D-nozzle. He's so perfect to be this guy. Um, I really find him entertaining. Um, I like the inner circle. Um, you know, uh, we'll see what formerly Jack Swagger turns out to be. Um, right now he just looks like a big, bad dude jake hager we'll see jake hager yep um and um commentary still has work to do although i gotta tell you i think excalibur is constantly improving very quickly um you know i think they still have to figure out the balance of how they utilize shivani and jr um they did a package this week I don't know if you did you watch you watch the whole show, right? This week, yeah, I caught most of it. I caught about did hour you, and a half of it. Did you see the Cody package at the beginning or no? I did. The Cody package with uh DDP's DDP's <laughs> terrible. Mean, God bless him. That terrible Dusty <laughs> he, he tried. He tried. Listen, only a friend can do such a terrible impression of someone. <laughs> it was and then have the family be like, you know what? We need to share this with the world. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was bad. It was horrid. <laughs> it was awful. Um, here's the thing, though. That 
package that they did about Cody SGG was so much more real sports feeling than anything accomplished with the draft. That actually felt like a package that you would see on the morning of a football game, you know, on ESPN at 11 a.m. before the games on NFL game day or whatever, or countdown. It felt like a real yeah. package that made sense. Telling a, it was like a fake docu package about Cody. It wasn't a real documentary about, but it, it but it, bl- it blurred the line, you know, talking about him running the company and they had interviews with DDP and with Brandy, his, his wife and with Jim Ross and, um, with, um, his best friend, MJF. I, I, Greg, I thought it was really well done. I did too. I did too. The only thing I didn't like, and I said this in the group chat, was the the complete and utter dismissal of the NWA title and the ROH title, world titles, uh, that Cody held when DDP said that he's chasing his first world championship. But, but, and I will say this too, it it didn't make me want to see the match any more than I already did, which is to say not that much. But I can also say that it was it was an interesting package. It was captivated. I was focused on it. So see, I, I don't I don't feel that way. It did make me want to see the match more. Um, and the reason I think it was important is they haven't been on TV very long. This is such a unique experience of a brand new show. So how do you get us to care about? a pay-per-view um, that's coming up in a few weeks. I think I think packages like that. I mean, listen, how I don't think you do it is by having ridiculous schmazes the first two weeks. I did not like the close to the show, week one or week two. I thought today's close was much cleaner. Um, but that package did make me want to see it more because it reminded me of how important this whole thing is to Cody and why him being champion is so meaningful and you know Jericho's they don't have some super long history it's more just about that this means the world to Cody and Jericho's the perfect heel foil for that um i dug it it was well done and i say all of this to say Listen, nothing has changed. I do not think the landscape as we know it is changing yet. I do think, though, it's been a good few weeks for AEW. Um, the shows are flawed. They do not have full stories yet. They need more stories and probably less wrestling and, you know, but at the same time, I gotta tell you, I'm enjoying the wrestling. And because I'm enjoying the feel of the overall show, and maybe it's hearing, um, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross feeling a little nostalgic and Excalibur, who I, I actually have grown to like and feel like he's provides sort of a real element that I dig. And by the way, I want to give props to Dio Madden and Vic Joseph, who I think are doing a really nice job on Raw. I, I think I had no idea who Dio Madden Just those two, though. <laughs> well, the, yeah. the, the other I'm, guy? Well, I just – why don't you just keep it positive? I just mentioned those two. <laughs> All right. Because it's the shooter. I'm, I'm just you – Oh, know. no, no, no. That's fair. Um, but – uh. I didn't know I didn't know Dio from Adam a few weeks ago, and I, I do believe he's going to turn out to be very good. Um, but anyways, so I don't want to go on making uh, giving 
too much props for a a commentary team that still has work to do on um, AEW without giving props to the to Vic and Dio, who I think are going to turn out to be pretty damn good. But yeah, I'm, commentary across the board, they are like every commentary team. I haven't listened to NWA or watched NWA yet, but <laughs> NXT, Raw, SmackDown, they could all they could all use some work. SmackDown's in the best shape though. They have they have Corey Graves, Michael Cole. Well, yeah. I mean, you said the key words, Corey Graves. Um, <laughs> right. You know, Corey, Corey is the best, the best in the game right now, in my opinion. Um, although I think Nigel's very good too. You know, I, I think if, yeah. if I could pick my absolute, um, dream team, it might be, it might be Corey t- Graves is definitely there. First well, yeah, for sure. He's, he's the first draft pick in announcers, but it might be, Tom Phillips, your straight play-by-play with a heel Corey Graves and babyface Nigel McGuinness. I might enjoy that. Yeah, um, that ain't bad. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty that ain't good. That bad. If there's any changes that I would make to that lineup, it would be to throw uh, Booker T in there instead of Nigel McGuinness, just because he's so damn ridiculous. And I pop for ninety percent. I do of his like. Nonsense. I got to tell you, a babyface Booker. And a heel Graves and Graves just constantly being on Booker would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, that could be very, very funny. Um, but yeah, no matter how you cut it, um, Graves is the, is the, is the best part here. And you know, one thing I did notice on Raw this week though was there was a moment when Vic Joseph was talking and you could tell they were producing him. To be so much louder and more emphatic than he normally is, like which is going to be a problem. They're going to force <laughs> like, him. They're going to force him to be Cole. You know, they're going to force him to, into boss time and all of those things that drive most oh, people God. crazy. And Sasha Banks is with Michael Cole now, right? So oh you yeah, hear that every Friday. Oh yeah, you got plenty of boss time. Um, so listen, it was an interesting week. It wasn't perfect television from AEW. It was good television from AEW mixed with a disastrous draft from WWE. I'll be very curious to see how WWE bounces back on SmackDown um, this Friday. Um, Let me ask you this. Hmm. What did you think of Jericho's promo from last week? Because I've seen people say that it was epic. It was amazing. It was like a top five all-time promo. The one when he um, introduced the whole inner circle? Yes. No, I didn't think it was iconic. I thought it was cool. Okay. What did you think? I mean, me too. I thought it was like, I thought it was cool. I didn't think it was his best promo. I thought it was, you know, I think I thought we definitely have seen better from Jericho. Oh, it did the job. But I didn't think it was going to be anything like a Ric Flair, my shoes cost more than your house level, like no, something that people um, are quoting 30 years from now. No, people need to Austin calm down. Austin 316 level. Epic. And when somebody called it epic, and I was like, have you have you seen promos, let alone a Jericho promo? Like, the, all right. But it was cool. Yeah, no, I thought it was cool. And I liked the inner circle, but I didn't think it was absolutely epic. I'll tell you what is epic right now, though. Um, Epic would be, uh, where is it? 
uh, Santana and Ortiz's entrance theme. Oh, I missed it. Santana. But I trust your instincts on it. Yeah. Uh, when you have a world-class DJ. Thank you. Pop in for your entrance theme. Then that means that whoever's in the music department produced a banger. They did. They did. Simple. They did the damn it's thing. Just that simple. I think it might be called "Proud and Powerful," but this, it stood out to me big time. The Santana, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, speaking of standing out big time, I'm watching NXT, and here comes the greatest talent in NXT right now: Rhea Ripley, future mega star. Um, yeah, you agree. I mean, you agree, right? I, I do. I do. And she's so young and so good that if she's able to stay around um, for years to come, everybody on the all, on the all-time list has a problem. Trish, Lita, Charlotte, Sasha. China. Everybody has – China. Everybody on, on the all-time list has a problem. She, she really is – Rhea Ripley has everything. She She – her look is unique. She's beautiful. She's she's big. She's like what six feet five eleven. Yeah, she's jacked, but like she has a style. She could talk. She she's like twenty two years old. Yeah, and when you think about men in that age range, who we spoke about. In that high regard, like a name that immediately is jumping to mind is is Randy Orton. Yep. Youngest world champion in history. Uh, also, Brock Lesnar, he was the youngest um, right before Randy Orton. She's got enough time in the game to, to be able to put in the game to get as good and as as great as anybody. Yeah. Especially I'm... with this with this being her starting point. Yeah, they they have moved her along in the way that she should be moved along. She is that big a star. She has such a presence. Um, I'm glad she's not up. I'm I'm so glad she's in NXT right now. I hope she's there for a while. I mean, I, I the worry that she moves up, they have a problem. <laughs> like, yeah, take 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 your time. I don't need her on those shows right now. I want her to a she needs to develop more, of course, but also I would worry about people who appear right now. Because it's such a weird time for those shows. Right. Um, so anyway, SGG, do me a favor um, this week. Stay mage and, uh, and enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. And take it easy, man. All right. Well, before we get to whatever it is that we're doing next, I want to take a second and give a shout out to Vivid Seats. You already know Vivid Seats. It's an online event ticket marketplace. All the events you want to go to, man. All the Whether it's wrestling, you might be trying to go to the World Series. NBA's kicking off. Whatever it is you want tickets to. They're all on the Vivid Seats app. So you get the Vivid Seats app, you download it to your phone, you sign up for the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats will help you find the seats to all the live events you want to go to, all right? All easy through the Vivid Seats app. They have amazing prices, easy purchasing experience, um, plus that loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. It's amazing. Um, so what are you waiting for? You want to go to events, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Um, you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. All Vivid Seats confirmed. Orders are backed by 100% guarantee. Enter the promo code ESPN25. ESPN25. And they'll hook you up with a 10% discount on your next order. Also, while we're at it, shout out. Uh, if you love ESPN Podcast, I got to give a shout out 
to another one you might enjoy. Greg Wyshynski and Emily Kaplan doing a great job covering hockey for ESPN. Um, their show ESPN on Ice. All right, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Check out ESPN on Ice. And now to whatever's next on GP. You're hurting me. Okay, well that did not work out. Um, long story, but we had technical difficulties at ESPN. I was supposed to be connecting to Triple H and Tyson Fury, who were down at the seaport. That did not work out. So I'm going to see if I can come up with something as good as Triple H and Tyson Fury. Let's see what I can get here. Let's... Who's as big... Who's as important as Triple H? Let's see. Hello. Well, I I believed that I had an interview with Triple H and Tyson Fury, and then we had technical problems. So I'm trying to think of a replacement interview as ex- as exciting for Cheap Heat as Triple uh, H. Wow, I can't think of anybody. Honestly, who could that be? I mean, I think we found him. I think. Oh my god! Are you at Dipperland Ranch? I could be. I could not be. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Wild card rules. I see. Uh huh. You could be at Dipperland Ranch. You could not be. Is this Dipperstein or are you, have you become another agent? This is Dipper Fiend. Oh my God. I heard that, uh, Dipperstein works at ICM, but at any given moment you could see Dipper Fiend walk into WMA, WMA. You have no idea. It could happen with a lantern of my former self. Um, so this, this episode so far, has been maybe the most fierce of the shoot arrow. Oh, wow. Okay. And you are the only person, not the only person, because I talked to a lot of people literally in the street who were angry. But of our, gr- of our group, uh, you seem to be towards the highest end of angry about the draft. <sighs> I mean, I could go on for hours. I mean, how long do we have here? You, uh, you, you want to do four or five hours? I could do four. I, I mean, I have. I could do. It's eight forty. I have a meeting at eleven thirty, and I could do three hours. <laughs> okay, get started. What What was it for you that made? Because I I watched Friday night, and I was I was angry and embarrassed and insulted. I like it was. It was there. There have been so many bad things. Uh, have you finished Raw? By the way, no. No, it's too much. I can't finish everything. Can I give it's crazy? Can I do you, because now I'm watching. I'm watching AW, and now I'm like obligated to watch NXT because I like feel bad. To, you know what I mean? It's like you feel I, bad I, to just watch AW. I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad. I'm feeling bad. Um. Okay. So uh, what were you gonna say? Well, then I have to tell you this. Have, do you know what happened on Raw? I don't know what happens at the end of Raw. I watched the first hour and a half of Raw. Uh, I'm going to tell hour. you, I, I think our audience deserves to have this spoiled and have you hear it right here, okay? Fine, fine. This is the only time I'm allowing a spoiler ever. Okay. okay. All right, here we go, Dip. At the end of Raw, Seth Rollins shows up in the Firefly Funhouse and burns it to the ground. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, that happened. He he, well, he beat up he beat up Bray in the funhouse, and flames are everywhere. Uh huh. Well, here 
here's what I'll say. It had to end at some point. Sure. Sure. Did you, did you imagine it was going to end? That it was going to end now? No. <laughs> uh, I, if people weren't angry enough about Hell in a Cell, they said, you know what? Let's literally just burn down the whole thing. Just burn it to the ground. All right, hold on. Let's talk about it. It is what it is. I'm a huge. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the fiend. I, I know. Well, that's why I thought myself. you'd be so upset about this. Um, yeah, I'm very upset. I'm very upset. But I, let's. I, but you I, didn't you know. see it, so it's hard to react if you didn't see. If you didn't no, feel I mean, it I yourself. Put it on right now, I am at the Berlin Ranch. I put it on. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The uh, the draft. I mean, I, here's the here's the part I hated most about the draft. <laughs> Stephanie coming out. And her little like descriptions of each person. Oh my! I know, I know. I know. That that is that was it. That was the number one thing for me. From Monday Night Raw is gonna stay phenomenal. Ah, it okay. Was, it was unbearable. <laughs> On Friday nights, they're gonna continue to burn it down. I know. With I know. Seth Rollins. By the way, I love that you're also talking about something that Greg and I just spoke about, which is how often the picks were people staying on the same show anyway, which is so anticlimactic. Now, guess what? If you liked Mondays, you're still going to like Mondays because this isn't changing. I mean... I, well, and I mean the the, the rooms the, the two rooms I mean we could talk about that I mean well, I, I love how I, I, lost I love it. how the, I lost the USA it. one was slightly worse than the like slightly less updated in its furniture. It, it was that true they tr- they made USA look a little yeah. worse than Fox? Yes. Yes. You didn't notice that? I did. I honestly It was like a little cheaper of a camera angle and like the the I couldn't, the, the room itself was not as updated and nice. I couldn't stop staring at the friggin robot in the the Fox one, was it animated or was it live action? No, I think it was like a, was it? I think it was a stupid robot costume because I'm trying to understand it because ostensibly the idea is we're doing these war rooms to make it like kind of realistic. That's the that's the point. Yes, right, of course. So in doing so, let's uh, let's show everyone that an actual robot works at Fox. There's a robot. That's in the war room with ever. It's nonsensical. It if you're going to try to make it look, were they? Was it intentionally tongue in cheek? Maybe I'm just missing it. Was it supposed to look like the fakest, most stupid, unreal room ever? Maybe that was the point, and I look, missed it. We all, look, we all work with a few robots. Okay, you got. Uh, there's one so at ICM. I, I I understand where they're coming from with the robots, <laughs> but I. <laughs> But, but I'll, but I'll, I'll say, I think it was meant to be, you know, look at Fox, we employ some robots and this robot happens to be in the room today with us. Oh, you know what else? It makes perfect sense. It It makes perfect sense because Fox wants to show diversity. So with, with, with Kofi losing the title, we had heard for a long time they wanted to have a black champion. They no longer have a black champion on SmackDown. They want to show inclusiveness. So, we want you to understand that robots, they work with us like everybody else. They're treated as well as anybody else. And I understand what you're saying now. It's more of a cosmetic look for Fox to see, look, we incorporate our robots into everything. I think the robot popped big for Andrade. Well, well yeah, of course. I mean, and that makes sense. And again, that shows so much inclusion. Robots love Andrade. And that, they well, love him. They love him. 
and and that shows inclusion also because Andrade is uh, is Mexican. The robot was, I believe, was made in South Korea. Uh, so it's it's it shows. I, I I understand what you're saying now. This is this is deeper than I thought. I was taking it at face value that I I assumed that robots didn't work there. Um, I thought it was just playing on the fact that during football they show cartoons of robots, and this was somehow like they were a, a real version of that. But this was showing an actual robot that does work. I get it. I've been to the Fox offices a few times, um, and I've seen robots there. Okay. Well, th- th- then you know what? I I, can't, I almost should go back and edit the beginning of the podcast. I didn't know this there's, was. Yeah, there's a robot assistant. There's I, a robot bathroom attendant. I, I've seen I've seen robots there. I, I mean, there's no question about it. So one of them, they must have said, "Okay, come on, we're going to draft. We want your opinion." Come into the room, I would, and we're going to start to draft the wrestling draft. You know, I I, I right now there is. I'd say somewhere between 15 and 20 people listening who are starting to go, are they, are they, are they, are there actually robots that work in Fox? Yeah, I mean, I, I what do you mean? They're, they're, they're there. Sorry. We saw it with our own two eyes. Yeah. Well, no, I, oh, I forgot when I had that meeting. Um, yeah, you've met with a couple of robots at Fox. No, I didn't meet with any. The, the reception is for the guy that I met with, though. Uh-huh. It was named Rosie. Rosie the Robot. Um, it was repugnant. It was all repug. Uh, the, the, the idea that these, these war rooms would keep celebrating. I, I, maybe, you know what? Am I being a hack? Is this the kind of thing that if other people are mad about, I'd say, calm down. It's supposed to be stupid. It's wrestling. Maybe. But uh, you know what I don't like? I hate when something airs where if my parents were in the room when I was watching, they'd go, what the hell is this? Well, listen. Peter, let me tell you something. If uh, if on Mondays you're feeling like a psychopath, mm-hmm. you're really going to enjoy watching Drew McIntyre. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mondays just got more Scottish and psychotic. <laughs> oh my god! Now let me ask you. Let me tell you another thing. If your Fridays are becoming too rated R, you may want to turn off the TV because the Miz will be coming to a theater near you. No, no, no. If if you're if you're sick of your boss, well, you may not want to watch Friday Night SmackDown because it's boss time. Sasha Banks is coming to SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know what? I gotta tell you, it's, and we, I just talked about this with Greg, but I'll tell you what, it's not the beginning of the end. Um, but Ebro overheard me talking about this today in the studio. I was talking to my producer Griff and, uh, Louie, my social media guy who they all watch wrestling. And we were talking about how we like AEW and I was telling them they have to watch NWA Power. And Ebro kind of chimed in. I said, oh, this is that new company that's going. What are people saying? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I told him, I said, people like it. Feels different. People are into it. And I said, you know, it's not going to, it's not like, you know, the, the, the world isn't completely flipping upside down, but it's, it's something's going on. And Ebro made the point. He goes, well, the, the world doesn't flip upside down overnight, but, but three, if you have three years of people really getting into an alternative, um, the landscape can change. 
I mean, we we have I, we've acted like it's no, impossible. It could never change. No, it can't change. I, I, I watched AEW last night um, when I got home. I will tell you that it, it, this it, I, I in the group chat, everyone's just saying it's matches, but I I think it will evolve into stories. Me too. Like I, it will. It feels like it will. And it's it's getting better each week. I, I so me and you are on the uh, same page. I, I I did not really agree with Zach and Goldstein, who both were like, "Oh, it, it just feels like a pay per view every week. There's no story." I feel like you're starting from scratch. There's not a lot of stories yet. I mean, this was the first week that I really felt that Darby Allen's brand is the guy on the skateboard. Like, okay, that's Darby. I I knew in real life he's a skateboarder, but on on the TV show. Him skating down and the and the skateboard getting used in his match, I I understood now. There's more than crazy bumps. He's the skateboarder. It's a little thing, but it's starting to be like okay, that's who he is. Um, same with Santana and Ortiz. Like their characters are just getting built. So it's just, it, I think it's shocking that we're the ones who are being more patient, and they seem like they're like, come on, what are you doing? But I agree with you. I think it's three weeks straight in which the show has been better each week. It just is. I mean, it, it feels like there's not a lot of, of of wrestlers on the rosters, and it's like we're seeing the same people now over and over each week. But, like, I, you know, and I, I could get sick of that. Like, you know, now this is the third week in a row you've seen Riho, and, like, the, I think so, anyway. But I, I, like, you're seeing the same people each week, but I, I'm getting familiar with them, at least. That's I don't know. I, I'm not... Uh... I'm, look, I would love to destroy it and hate on it and this and that. And I was kind of the first week and I'm like, I don't know. The sound was off. The sound mix wasn't great. The audience didn't look great. I didn't love the black ring ropes, uh, but I'm, I'm starting to get used to it and I want to watch it. I, I agree. Here's, here's the, the you know, the, like, here's the thing. And I was, you know, I, I've been having tons of conversations about this. The first week. I turned it off and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, it's, it's Joe Bear Central. You know, it's like, let's not forget, this is still Neville and Jack Swagger and Stardust and Goldust and, you know, uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, who none of us really, you know, ever really liked that much. You know, so it's like, it's, it's kind of a Joe Bear fest, but it's, it's so funny, like, you know, we're such marks. We love wrestling. We, it, 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 it makes us happy. We, you know, it, it, it gives us a certain feeling. And I'm like starting to feel that, like the inklings of that feeling now watching it week to week. I can't explain like my evolution of emotions, but it, it is actually evolving. It is. I, I couldn't agree more. And when I watched that little, little featurette they did on Cody, I, Cody's mage. You make such a great point. Like, yeah, he was just Stardust a few years ago. Well, guess what? Now he feels like Dusty Rhodes' son who's on a mission. And it feels like something. It, it's, you're right. When you really take the, all these wrestlers out separately, there's, besides Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, you, there are a lot of, there are a bunch of Joe Bears. Um, yes. previously, previous live Joe Bears. And yet, this is starting to feel like its own thing. And I really wonder how Triple H feels. And that's why I was disappointed that my interview with him didn't work out. Because I'm curious to how he's dividing his time. Because my guess is he has to spend all of his time making sure NXT works. And NXT is truly the only wrestling show 
that they're doing. You know, uh, Raw and SmackDown are the they're they're their own sort of WWE entertainment shows. NXT is a wrestling show, and it's up against a wrestling show. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's episode three of SmackDown this week. It'll be very interesting to see if it settles into being more of a wrestling show or if it's still just going to feel like this big commercial for two hours. Yeah, they're they're going down that path really too much. You know, I, you know they have to go down it in some capacity, but it's just at some point you got to get at some point you're going to hold ratings because people like the show that it is. You, you got to like wrestling to want to watch the show. I'm not yes. tuning in to watch Michael Strahan and Clarissa Thompson. Okay, I'm tuning in yeah. to watch wrestling. I don't care I don't if Terry Bradshaw shows up. I don't mind that as much as you. I don't mind like little the little cameos like that. I well, don't but but, but my point is, but you're not tuning in for it. No one cares. No, no, no. It does no, nothing. It's no. it's it's but, cute. That's it. Yeah, let me let me say that to the AEW of it all though. Um, like, uh, what was I going to say? I um, I'm liking, like I'm I'm the wrestling, the quality of the wrestling, and I'm not like a quality of the wrestling guy. I'm more a storyline guy, and and. You would, what I'm saying completely contradicts like how I usually feel, but like the wrestling is phenomenal. I mean, you're seeing unbelievable things that we see at these indie shows actually playing out on you know on national television, which is like these moves and these things and all this. These move sets are so much better. It's so crazy. And when you're watching Raw SmackDown, I can fast forward through the match. I'm not worried about what what moves I'm missing because right. they're not doing it. I mean, I, they're not doing anything. I agree with you again, and and that's why you guys have heard me on the podcast for years complain about I can't go to an indie show and sit through ten matches of people doing crazy moves if I don't care about the rest at all but week to week i'm starting to care about the wrestlers more and they're doing awesome wrestling that is appealing to me that's why yeah. you like nxt um if they can if they can do if they could mix the great wrestling with great stories and use i, I the, the, we were talking in the group chat about the pro like um you know the vignettes those vignettes were fantastically produced. I mean, I don't know who's producing them. I know. Fact, I'd like to know. I know. I know. But they, they're, they're very well done. I, I, so if they could tell the stories through those types of glossy, interesting, aesthetically pleasing vignettes, then I think we have some a, a serious situation on our hands. I it's it's it, let me put it this way. I don't think from a content standpoint, both for uh, AEW's content and for WWE's content. I don't think this first couple of weeks could have gone much better for AEW. I think this has gone smashingly well. I think the timing of the Fox deal has worked, played right into AEW's hands. The, the, the more commercial and removed from wrestling WWE seems, the more gritty AEW feels. And, and, and it's interesting because from a production standpoint, they're much grittier than SmackDown and Raw. But up against NXT production quality wise, it looks much better. It looks much bigger oh, than course. NXT. It's not even a comparison. But now that you you saw the headline, they're going to get out of full sale now, of course. Yeah, which is a huge mistake. Well, and and so so now they've put now they've put NXT in a tough spot, right? Because they have to get out of NXT, they think, to look as good as um, AEW. And what's going to happen? They're going to get out of full sale. They're going to turn into a touring operation with everybody else. And you're going to end up losing NXT. It's going to end up not being what NXT was. It'll so far things are playing very nicely for AEW. It's it's. I'm not saying they'll take advantage of it. I have no idea. But if you're AEW right now, you're. I think you're feeling pretty good a few weeks in. 
I think so too. I, I am. I'm feeling good, and I'm there's no more no one more hypercritical than me. You got you got to watch NWA Power, by the way. You really do. I know. I, I how much can I do? I mean, I'm, I'm I have no. When you go to bed, when you go to bed tonight, it's on YouTube. You just throw it on the TV, and uh, it's an hour. You just you follow. I gotta watch NXT. I know. There's a lot to do. Um. Anyways, we're gonna wrap it up here. Dip. Thank you for filling in for Triple H. You did great. Uh. Well, look. I people compare me to him all the time. Uh. You have better suits. Um. Look, uh, you know, and, and he's and he's one of the best best dressed guys in WWE. But I I still think you have a better suit. Although I'll be honest, your body type lends itself to it being easier to find good suits. The man's jacked. <laughs> he's gar- he's gargantuan confirmed. He's confirmed gargantuan. All right, I'll talk to you later. Look, if you're, I just want to say one more thing. Okay. You know, if you're, if you have a pet snake, and you're feeling like a viper. You may want to watch uh, Monday Night Raw on Mondays with Randy Orton. Oh, is that Randy Orton's coming to the Viper? Is coming to Monday Night Raw? If you if your Monday isn't feeling vipery enough, guess what? It's gonna feel a whole lot more vipery now because the Viper's here. All right. Good night. Good luck. Same age. So I apologize to everyone on account of not getting uh, Triple H on the program. I really think Dip did a great job, um, but we will uh, we will do it again next time. Um, so shout out to Triple H and uh, Tyson Fury. Of course, Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman going down at Crown Jewel. We'll get more into that as we get closer on Halloween. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know it was a lot to do. Uh, a lot of trash talk, a lot of shoot arrow. I hope it wasn't too negative. Hope you dug it. Stay amazed and enjoy yourself. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. To make up and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Mitch.